Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Lou Gowen. Hello Swaft Nation, hello Oliver Davis, how the devil are you? How did you find today's show? I thought it was good. I uh, I, I, I think because we got the giggles, uh, <laughs> there were some fun mailbag questions. It was, it's Thursday record, yeah, it's yeah. a Thursday double taping. Uh, we don't care. <laughs> but plus, I doubly it's... don't care because this is my last video and then I'm off to Paris for three days. How exciting. I'll be back on Monday, don't worry, but you'll be doing the uh, the news. I know, well, you say I'm going to be doing... Oh, this the... is that you've done the news by this point. I was going to say, this podcast comes out on the Monday. This is the, sure. the funny thing about doing a double taping. Yeah, we're like a TNA. <laughs> Just film them. Three months' worth of telly. Remember that time when TNA taped so far in advance, they taped after Bound for Glory? Oh, and they spoiled the results. Well, they had like they they kind of like just they couldn't really do anything at Bound for Glory mm. because they'd already taped beyond it. That was the year in Japan, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah, yeah I do remember that. Uh, it was how a did dark you find, period. How did you find today's show? I feel like I'm going to get a lot of hate for the the Attitude Era thing. I think there'll be like, do you know what I'm expecting? A lot of people going like, you forgot this, you forgot this, you forgot this. And I was like, oh, I haven't got like 12 hours to discuss. Mm. You know, uh, the Attitude Era podcast made an excellent point when they did their live show. And they reviewed the the Attitude Era documentary that's on the network at the moment. If you want to go and check that out, and they made the point it's like they recorded, you know, probably about 100, 150 hours worth of content of them reviewing the Attitude Era across all the pay per views, bonus episodes, and things like that. That documentary is an hour long, so it's like you can't cram all of that stuff into mm. one hour. Just in the same way that I can't do it a dissection of the Adventure into one five-minute thing. Oh, that's a tease because people don't know what we're talking about. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah no, so... yes, because we're talking about uh, uh, guilty pleasures and yeah. unpopular opinions. Mm. That was in the mailbag this week. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of regretting mine as well. <laughs> I'm hoping nobody's listening by the end of the podcast. And they just like they tune out halfway through. Yeah, and they don't hear those bits. They just get to us talking about Shark Boy and be like, "Nah, I've heard enough." Yeah. Uh, so let's get into some iTunes reviews. I hope none of these ones say me that I'm bad. Yeah, Pro P Pro P Gamer writes 
thoroughly entertaining. Honestly, one of the best wrestling podcasts I have heard, mainly because of the amount of off-topic rambling that goes on. The content isn't always the most complicated or analytical, <laughs> but their personalities and chemistry certainly makes up for any points they have missed. I would have... Like what? <laughs> what did we miss? I would much rather listen to this than any purely analytical or critical review of shows, and the content here is actually quite original for a podcast. Not just talking about how bad the latest WWE event was. Oh, gamer! Thank you, Pro P Gamer. Yeah, we often get that when we like. You didn't talk about this backstage segment. You didn't talk about this, and it's probably there's now to say. I'm gonna have to interrupt you because this next review makes up for the one that said Luke is like annoying <laughs> the the other day. Which is from ABC one two three JD. Luke is love. Luke is life. Five stars. Oh, yeah, you're right. ABC one two three five star is an interesting channel here in the UK. You're you're, you're missing out the love. No, I know, I know. Well, I don't want to be too like. Don't be that guy. Yeah, I I saw a great interview with. Uh, um, I don't want to get too political on this podcast, oh, but with uh, with Donald Trump when uh, the interviewer said like. You're known for not being a, a humble man, and uh, he just says, "Like I think you'll find I'm very humble. I think I think I'm the most humble man in the world, actually." Great, what a joker! <laughs> Let's get on with the show. Well, we're going to be doing a little plug for our little Patreon-exclusive podcast version of this show. Tell them about it, Luke. So, yeah, so if you are a 5-plus Patreon backer... A 5-plus. Five, five a $5-plus plus. Five Patreon, time. <laughs> pol- oh, I'll try that again. Sorry. It's kept right, you... on talking over the plug. That's... I don't like it when we do things too slickly. No, I was going to say, you like mm. it when we're a bit more um, yeah. fumbling all over the place. What was Bad. it that word said, um, said uh, last week on The Apprentice? Um... She said you were. Uh, she was basically trying to say that you were trying to like you were fumbling around words, but she didn't quite use the word right. Mm. Oh, that's annoying. I can't think what it is now. But what an anecdote! This, I mean, was. this is the part. This is why we're so consistently <laughs> rambling. Anyway, if you are a five dollar plus backer on Patreon, you get access to the Wrestle Ramble Extra. That is a monthly podcast where we review pay per views from wrestling's past. Last month was Money in the Bank 2011. You know the one with the infamous CM Punk thing. And this month, because it's October, we decided to have a bit of a spooky theme. So it's quite a lot of October. Ba- in fact, they were all October-based papers. We're trying to do the monthly-based things because it makes it a bit more uh, seasonal, hmm. I suppose you would say. Uh, so we had Halloween Havoc. We had the 20th anniversary of Hell in a Cell, the debut of Kane and the death of Brian Pillman. We had a pay-per-view that Dave Meltzer said was the best event of 1997, ECW. W had a pay-per-view in, uh, in October and that was on there. It featured just incredible when he was champion. And TNA's very first Bound for Glory which I'll be honest did better in the poll than I was expecting. But I can now reveal that the winner the, the uh, pay-per-view that we are going to watch and review, we're probably going to do it next week is Halloween Havoc 1998 which features of course the infamous Hulk Hogan Ultimate Warrior minus five star match but also the fantastic match between DDP and Goldberg. Mm. And I I haven't watched, uh, I don't think, any WCW pay-per-views from top to bottom. That's a lie. I think I watched Bash at the Beach, 97. Yeah? Was that, that's where Hulk turned heel? That was 96. 96. Yeah. So I've watched that one. But other than that, yeah, I'm looking forward to some 98 WCW, their biggest money year. It is, are, you in, are you excited for a whole three-hour pay-per-view of Tony Schiavone doing commentary? I like Tony. I know that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's a good thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, I am. (laughs) It's gonna make watching WWE current day that much harder. And I think we get Bobby as well. Mm. 
Great. Should we do some crap gimmicks before we dive into the mailbag? Let's do that. I've got a, I've got Darren Barker here from YouTube. Their pitch is the serial killer. Now I'm gonna gonna say something before we get into this. I don't think this is gonna have many opponents based on the gimmick. <laughs> yeah, there there's is one. There's there is a very good line in this pitch mm. uh, that highlights that. So uh, here we go. The serial killer hates wrestlers with serial gimmicks, like the New Day, and any legends that have affiliations with serials. That's where it falls down. Mm. Bathes in, he bathes in milk baths, which is the blood of his victims, in a giant bowl and cuts promos in said, in said bath. So in my mind now, I've got a, you know, like the famous picture of the woman is a burlesque thing in the champagne glass. Yes. I was going to say flute then, but I thought that's a very skinny woman who would <laughs> just be entangled in a tube, you know, in the sort of martini glass. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm picturing him lounging around in the milk Cleopatra style. See, I, what brings to my mind is a 90s television show, The Word, which was a British thing, where mm. you used to have a segment on there called I'll Do Anything to Get on TV. And I'm pretty sure that had one to do with a bath of beans. But the one that always sticks in my mind is when they had a very heavy set woman on a exercise bike pouring with sweat and then she just lifted up her arm and a man went in and licked her armpit <laughs> and, then look, and then looked at the camera and said, I'll do anything to get on TV. Wow. Do you never watch the word? Uh, that doesn't ring a bell, but that is 90s. It's early, a very early 90s. It that featured like 90s. like Nirvana had one of their first UK appearances on there. I uh, I mean, I kind of prefer that gimmick. <laughs> or I the up to anything to get on TV. someone who would do anything to get on TV and wrestling. <laughs> That's pretty solid and crappy. Yeah, that is good. It's pretty solidly crap, which is what we're looking for. Uh, let's continue with the serial killer. He comes out with a shovel as it's a crap gimmick and he can't get a massive spoon from the props department because he's crap you see I, I, I think you're missing the point it's not meant to be like a, a bad gimmick like that sort of respect but no one likes him yeah it's meant gimmick. to be like this would work much better with a spoon yeah I like the fact that he cuts his promos from like a giant cereal bowl mm. and comes down to the ring with a giant spoon that'd be like his version of the sledgehammer yeah if you add a shovel into it like and, and you bring the backstory you are complicating something that is purposely one-dimensional <laughs> yeah. you don't want to do that uh his theme song is cheerio 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 is that how it goes it is yes i didn't know uh he beats up people up so much the paramedics i <laughs> <laughs> got you a little bit didn't it because I can, you know, like you, you, you see a few. I kind of read things before I say them out loud as I'm reading to talent. And I, <laughs> I, I saw, uh, I, yeah, I saw the bit I was about to read. Um, so I've, I don't know if I'm going to do this justice now. Do you want me to? No, no, no. I want, I want, I, this means I've got to do this now. <laughs> he beats people up so much the paramedics end up carton. <laughs> the rest of the way. The rest of the way in an ambulance. In an ambulance. Carton. Carton the way. The rest of the way. A carton of wrestling cereal. The finisher is a variation of the code breaker, but he calls it the cocoa pop. Americans won't get that, but it adds to the crapness. I think, the they, cocoa call, pop, yeah. I think they call it cocoa crispies. Okay, um, sure. Culture clashes. So, uh, yeah, that, although that did make me chuckle, um, 
it, so that doesn't really work for me either. No. That's no, like remember we had the fireman gimmick a while ago. Yeah, yeah. And all the oh, he's been burned. You're going to get fired. That stuff worked on the commentary because it was so in your face. That's a, still a crap pun, but it's quite subtle. Uh, it only works when it's written down. Mm. So I would prefer it if the wrestler would just be like the defeated wrestler would just be put in a giant cereal box. Yeah. That would be crappy. Or like when he beats them up, you know how the NWO used to spray paint mm. NWO on their back? He would do it, but he would just pour cereal onto pour them. Pour a milk, pour yeah, a milk yeah, yeah. onto them. And yeah. another bit of uh, another box of cereal as well. Yeah. So why does he hate cereal though? Where's the, well, the crappy backstory? I was going to say, I don't think he does hate cereal. Or why does he hate cereal goods? That's the real doubtful of it. Is he, he hates cereal-based wrestlers, which is only one, which is the New Day. And I like how you've just written, and any legends that have affiliations with cereal, of which I don't think there are any. Didn't any from the 90s? I know uh, Randy Savage had Slim Jims. Yep. But uh, John Cena's been on a... Fruity Pebbles. Oh, yeah, Fruity Pebbles, I yeah. suppose. Uh, Kurt Angle was on the box of Wheaties, I believe. Cool. So those are big names. To you know, New Day probably going to end up be the most decorated tag team of all time. Uh, John Cena and Kurt Angle. Well, I suppose if you're going to pick do on three really, people, yeah. Do you really want to bring them into this serial gimmick, serial <laughs> uh, killer? Yeah, I kind of like it though. It's not working for me. No, plus okay. because this is our roster, right? So we can't. No one else has a serial gimmick for him to work with. Yeah, I suppose we'd have to. Do a lot of stuff to base. See, in which it. case, if I was to like uh, amend this pitch to be able to sign, because I do quite like this, I would take out the hating cereal. I would take out the shovel and just replace it with a guy who who is he's the serial killer, hmm. but he loves cereal. That makes it much better. Yeah, he cuts yeah. all his promos from a cereal bowl, does the whole cereal thing as we discussed, and carries a giant spoon, which is like his version of the sledgehammer. You fixed that for me, actually. Oh, thanks, man. And yeah. I'm signing that. Yes. Well yeah, done. Well done, serial well killer. Well done, uh, Darren Barker. Uh, we'll call that a joint effort, though, because <laughs> your initial one had serious fundamental flaws for me. Uh, Brandon Powell, next, uh, last one, from Patreon, has said, Nelson Nightmares. A youthful-looking baby face dressed in children's footy pajamas. Footy what? is football for the American viewers. Oh, I thought they were a type of... No, footy is in pajama like they footy lads as well. Oh, really? Like I, it was a onesie. Oh, with... maybe I I read that as footy, as in like, hey, dads, hey, go def- watch the footy lads yeah. down the pub. Let's maybe it becomes apparent later on when it's time for his comeback in a match. He very suddenly gets up from the mat, eyes closed, after taking a particularly impactful move, any Im- particularly impactful move, and appears to be sleepwalking while having a nightmare thus giving him the adrenaline and rage needed to finish off his opponent with the finisher, the go-to-sleep. During his nightmare state, it would almost be like he's working heel because of his intensity, but he would wake up and snap back to plucky baby face after the bellend. Bellend. <laughs> <laughs> after, after the bell rings. What's wrong with us? Where did that come from? Because the match ends. <laughs> Uh, that's an example of me not reading ahead and filling in the words oh, myself. God, that's hilarious. Um, is Belend a, a thing that translates across the pond? I don't know if it is. That feels very much like a um, a, a British slang mm, term. It's, it does. It's got yeah. It's quite East Endy. Uh, so much, yeah. that is a penis. Yeah. If you didn't get 
uh, that. That's very funny. What do, what do you think about Nelson um, Nightmares? I mean, okay, so here's my only issue with Nelson Nightmares because I really like the idea of it because it's a bit like that Festus thing. I was going to say Festus. It's, it's very yeah. Festus like. Luke Gallows. Yeah, poor old Luke Gallows. Um, but I am someone who sleepwalks. I was going to bring this up, yeah. And so I know that when you sleepwalk, you're not particularly intense mm. and you're not particularly good at anything. Um, I can walk places, I can get to things, I can pick stuff up and put stuff um, in other places, but um, as opposed to actually accomplishing tasks, probably not Probably not that good. Like, If I, if you caught me while sleepwalking and asked me to do something, I would not do it effectively. Mm. Sorry, I've, I've still got the giggles a bit from earlier. I, <laughs> I thought, don't laugh, and as soon as I thought, don't laugh, I sniggered. Uh, the, so your problem with this is that it's not believable enough. It's, it is not representative mm. of sleepwalk. Oh, hello, uh, Santino's gone. We had a, we've got a, a t-shirt down. Yeah, um, it is not representative of sleepwalkers. I feel like I would be offended watching this because he, he is not representing mm. me on screen. I, do, I, I'm not particularly into this gimmick. It's, not, it's almost. I like the pajamas because that's pretty crap, especially if he's got the sleepy hat. Sleepy hat, yeah. Uh, maybe you can have some comedy bits where you have you have like a butt gap, don't you? Yes, on, yeah, yeah. on some pajamas, maybe that could be a thing. But overall, it's it's not really. I don't know what it is. It kind of works in bullet points on paper, but it isn't grabbing me. Yeah, maybe because the serial thing was so colourful. Uh, do you have any funny stories about sleepwalking? Um, you ever woken up and been in a pool of blood that isn't your own? <laughs> no, no. Thankfully, I, I've not done that far. I've mm. not. I've not pulled a Michael P.S. Hayes. As... Well, a someone was someone got off. Through murdering their wife because of sleepwalking. sleepwalking yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, I remember the story, but uh, I've not done anything like that. No, in fact, actually, if anything, I'm more protective when I'm sleepwalking. So I've, I'm quite, I'm quite active mm-hmm. uh, when I sleep. Anyway, sometimes I don't get up and move around or go to another room. Um, like I've walked into our spare room. You've seen our, our house. I've gone into as far as our spare room before. Um, sometimes I just go to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. But more often than not, I just do things in and around the bed. Um, so with well, actually my ex-girlfriend well, I was staying at her place and I saw in my mind's eye you know the uh, the Terminator laser dot mm. in the first movie where it's like you put your finger on the trigger and you point the dot where you want the bullet to go you can't miss so I had I saw that coming in and it was pointing at my girlfriend so I literally dove on top of her I mean like don't move and so obviously she's asleep and then she wakes up going what's going on I was like, Shh, don't move because I think it knows we're here and she's freaking out. She's like, "What's going on?" I was like, Shh. "I was like, don't say anything, don't move. I'm just going to check and see if everything's all right." And you had your eyes open, or, or yeah, what? yeah, I had like my eyes open and everything. And then I look, wow. I, I looked round. It was the standby light on the TV, and I was like, "Yeah." And then because what happens is when I realise what it is in the real world that has triggered my uh, sleepwalking, my sleep movements, mm. my night terrors, whatever you want to call them, I then just go, "Oh, it's fine. I know what's going on," and I just go back to sleep. So I literally was like, I oh, know it's all right. And I go back to sleep. So then she's absolutely <laughs> terrified because <laughs> I literally, I've given her no explanation of anything. Yeah. Um, quite recently, I did it with my, my girlfriend's quite a, a jumpy person. Mm. She gets scared quite easily. And um, she heard rustling under the bed. Um, and then she sort of like slowly woke up, didn't see me in the bed that's because I'd got I'd crawled under the bed because I was looking for something in my dream. I was looking for something. And then when I heard her go like, Luke? I was like, oh, I'm asleep. Mm. And now she's woken up. So I literally just put my head up. I was just like, sorry, sorry. It was just me sleeping. Such, such a happy sleepwalker. 
Oh, me again. Yeah, sorry, me again. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and then I got back into bed and went back to sleep. You are you are awake right now though. Mm. Oh yeah, it's only it's only when the, it's night time. That's good. I've got a mailbag down here. It's huge. Can you see it? Yep. This this bag is full of mail. It's one of the biggest I've ever seen. Whoa. It's so big and it's so powerful. This is how powerful the mailbag is. There's actually no letters in there, and they just digitally transfer themselves to your yeah. laptop. It's, that's handy. It's very convenient. Uh, first up, from Gary Hawkin, Gravestone Gary Hawkin on Patreon. He's one of our... So, uh, yeah, the gimmick is if you donate $50 a month or more to Patre- our Patreon... Boom! You get the answer. You get you get to you get your fast question fast tracked. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we've pushed the Patreon a bit too much this episode. Well, people don't like that on the internet, do they? I don't. Yeah, but I'm with. <laughs> I don't like it. When... Why not? I don't. I think one money. plug. I think one plug an episode is yeah. fine. But now, just by just by circumstance, <laughs> we've plugged it twice. I suppose. Yeah. So uh, I'm sorry uh, before you you hate us. There's probably an advert coming up in about two minutes as well. <laughs> So, Gravestone Gary Hawkins on Patreon writes, Who are your favourite guilty pleasure wrestlers? I always liked the Blue Meanie, although I have never admitted it before. Are there any wrestlers you shouldn't have liked, but you did, even if it was just a little bit? Oh, you should never be ashamed to like the Meanie. I love the Blue Meanie. Wow, Gary, we just outed Gary here. I hope we're allowed to say that out Mm. loud. I'm afraid he blew himself. Mm. That's a good Arrested Development joke. Nice. Uh, so I've written down a few. It was tough for me because I'm, I don't really believe in the concept of guilty pleasures. Same here. Yeah. So I would, I, I quite enjoy having something that what other people would conceive as a guilty pleasure, just so I can argue with them. Well, I, 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 I am also of the belief that there is no such thing as a guilty pleasure. If you like something, then you just like it. Mm. Um, my uh, lady partner recently asked me because uh, it came on the radio while we were driving on our my iPod playlist. Do you remember uh, Vanilla Rice in the late nineties or maybe in the early two thousands? Wasn't following his career that. Uh, well, he he'd stepped away from his uh, white meat uh, white rapper gimmick that mm-hmm. he was doing and decided to go into new metal. Right. But still doing rap. So he was essentially doing rap new metal. And he did a new metal version of Ice Ice Baby. And it was called Too Cold. Mm-hmm. And it is awesome. I love it. I think it's great. And my lady partner once said, he was like, is this, is this a guilty pleasure for you? And I was like, no. Have you heard how good this song is? This is excellent. I think uh, guilty pleasure. If you say, oh, I like this. It's a bit of a guilty pleasure for me. That's on you, man. <laughs> that is not the song or the wrestler's fault. That is your problem. Yeah. Because we, yeah. So, but I... I Guilty pleasure is a concept, but it is not on the the thing. It's on you. I I always think. I'm trying to think of a, a song. I really like Witch Doctor by the Cartoonies. Oh really? I think it's a. It's Are they just, called the Cartoons? I, thought, I believe. I thought they were the just cartoons. called the Cartoons. Oh, well, they called the Cartoons. I can't remember. You know, it's you know ooh ah ee ooh ah ah ting tang walla walla bing bang. I think what, it was written for which movie? Oh, I don't know. It was the Rugrats movie. Was it really? I think so. Was yeah. It really? Or at least it was used in the Rugrats the, movie. Uh, I know the, the music video. I can't remember any Rugrats in it. <laughs> I just think if you slowed it down with an acoustic guitar, people would go, holy hell, that's a hell of a melody. <laughs> uh, so my one I've written down, I guess the most guilty pleasure, I really like Elias. Um, I like, so for current stuff, uh, I really like his act and I actually really enjoy his matches. A lot of people 
uh, say he's boring in the ring. Like, he's good with the, the guitar stuff at the start. As soon as he starts the match, it's just rest holds. If he's got the right opponent, some of my favourite little matches on Raw recently have been him against Callisto or him against... Or maybe it was Sin Cara. They, uh, is, is he on... They're both on Raw now. I don't know where Sin Cara is, actually. Uh, no, do I. Uh, and Apollo Crews, even though they've been done to death. I think, yeah, him versus a, an, an explosive, dynamic person. His style goes really well. And now that he's added the Undertaker thing. Did you see the Bubba Ray Dudley tweet? No. So Bubba tweeted, uh, just got off the phone with the Undertaker. He uh, he is not happy with someone. And I think, like, he even says Elias or... Yeah, so wow. because of uh, Elias has used the old school move on Raw this week. Oh. And I don't know if Bubba's just having a joke. Mm. I'm sure as hell try and get a, a news video out of it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that was uh, me. Yeah, cool. Mm, interesting. Uh, Elias would be one for me. And I love comedy wrestling. So, again, not a guilty pleasure. I'm not embarrassed about these. But I some people do not like Santino. Uh, I I always like Santino. The whole Cobra gimmick. The boom. See, that's where I stopped liking Santino was the the Cobra. That's kind of where I drew the line mm-hmm. of my like for Santino. However, I will say, I, I loved um, Elimination Chamber. I think it was the two thousand maybe two thousand and twelve when Daniel Bryan was mm. was World Heavyweight Champion, and like Santino was put in there as like the comedy goofball, and I was like, well, Santino's not getting very far, and he made it to the final two. And they had an excellent back and forth yeah. to the point where, like, because that's how good a Daniel Bryan is, but b how good Santino was. But he was just he was lumbered with this comedy gimmick that he was never going to get out of. That they genuinely it was there was so many false finishes in there. You were like, I think Santino's going to mm-hmm. win the belt here because it was Elimination Chamber. That really that was off the back of Royal Rumble with Alberto well, Del, Del Rio, Rio, yeah, and Santino like Del Rio thirty one, and then Santino rushed in. Because he'd never yeah. been eliminated, tried to throw Del Rio, and everyone had forgotten. Yeah, and th- and then Del Rio didn't get eliminated, and they had like a really good. I can't remember if it was really quick actually, but it was definitely it was really tense. quick. I think he think yeah. he ran in. Or was that? I think the Rusev one. Yeah, I th- I feel like there was a minute or two minutes of genuine back and forth, and everyone was into it. Yeah, and I was like, I didn't know I want Santino to win, <laughs> uh, but yes, I see. I must say though, I kind of enjoyed the Cobra as well. I popped for it. Uh, I think. If you're going to go the full way with the comedic concept, that's it's just it was the world around Santino that didn't work. Like you, you, you sort of need a, a straight person comedy division. To, it's only a little corner of WWE for that to to happen. But because mm. everyone was not books like him, the Cobra got annoying. But I, I thought it was a solid concept. Yeah, I, I've got a couple. Uh, so I had Santino listed down as well, but a TNA one, Shark Boy. Mm-hmm. Really, really liked Shark Boy. It was a bit of a weird gimmick. He had a mask that looked like a shark, and he used to do yeah, it used was to do a that. Really weird. Gimmick, yeah, that was his it? thing. He used to do that. Um, but I liked you, it. You, you describe what you just did for. Oh, for podcast, you put your hand up to your head like a fin. Mm. That was like his taunt. Uh, but I really liked Shark Boy, and uh, it was unfortunately it lost its way towards his end of. Um, uh, his run in TNA because they found out that he could do a really good Steve Austin impersonation so then he just became a stone cold impersonator mm. and it just sort of lost its way a little bit after that which is a bit of a shame really oh actually do you know what speaking of uh, TNA gimmicks well it wasn't a TNA gimmick but they used it in TNA was Curryman yes Christopher, Christopher Daniels Christopher Daniels comedy yeah. character Curryman a big mark for Curryman I yeah. thought it was very That's funny a good stuff point. I would go for Curryman too uh, Sharkboy they were a tag team weren't they they were you're, yeah, you're yeah, right yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, Sharkboy not so much for me 
I never saw him in the early days. I'm only familiar with Stone Cold Shark Boy. Ah, right, okay. But I did like the quality of puns. Can I get a shell, yeah? <laughs> yep. Was there any more? I think that was probably about that it. Probably, yeah. But he, um, oh, he used to uh, drink uh, cans of ch- uh, chum. I think mm. that was his thing. But they, they, I remember in TNA, he got a bit of a mini push um, because there was that movie Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Right. And Shark Boy, the wrestler, actually got into a legal dispute over them because he said, I own the name shark boy and tried to sue him and so tna trying to capitalize on that gave him a little bit of a mini pushing and they get some mainstream attention which didn't happen um it looked good on paper it looked good on paper and a, a shout out to it for a wcw uh, uh guilty pleasure uh ice train just because he had excellent uh, entrance music and glacier who was their mortal combat character that they had who was awesome i'm uh i'm i'm also gonna chuck in grado um, who is a current TNA wrestler, I suppose, Impact, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Uh, but I've I've been following him for a long time on the British Indies. He is so much fun. He's another comedy wrestler. Very difficult to understand because he's got a very thick Glaswegian accent, Glaswegian, isn't it? I believe it is, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's Glasgow. very, very, very funny. And the superb comedy wrestler. Like very, Some yeah. of the, the spots he comes up with. One of the funniest things I've ever seen in a wrestling match was him and Madman Manson, who I don't, I think he's actually, maybe he's wrestling again, but he did retire for a while, uh, against Project Ego, which was Martin Kirby and the sadly passed Chris Travis. And they started having, this was in progress in the very early days, because I'm cool uh, and I liked it before you did. And it was small in the Islington Garage, so a very small venue. And they're having a tag match, and they suddenly, so Grado starts moving in slow motion when he comes off the rope. And then uh, they have the... And I'd never seen anything like this. They just had the next couple of minutes in slow motion. And uh, Grado went to do a flip. Manson ran in and sort of flipped him for him. And then <laughs> put him on to, to uh, Kirby. And then they did ended in a giant conga round the, uh, with, with the crowd involved as well. Yeah, great. Grado, Grado. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Next up from rollable Rocco Beverlock. That's, that's his full name, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. From Patreon. It's, uh, it's about slave names uh, from WWE. So that's when someone comes into WWE uh, say a, a not a Hideo Itami, but a Kenta from Japan, and he's given a WWE name for trademarking purposes. So, are WWE slave names good or bad? I.e., Tyler Black or Seth Rollins, El Generico or Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Dean Ambrose, Drew McIntyre, Hideo Itami, Daniel Bryan. Some of the women in the Mae Young Classic had a name change as well, didn't they? Etc. Were they cooler before WWE, or did WWE make them lame? Yeah, I'll please discuss. Um, I don't think it really makes them lame, uh, unless it's a really lame name, mm. on the other hand. So, like, when um, Mr. Perfect's kid came up and they gave, they lumbered him with Michael McGillicutty, like, that, like, there was a really bad period for WWE developmental names. They went, it was about sort of like 2010 ish. Yeah. And that was really because TNA was starting to come on the rise. And they were like, oh, man, if we let any of these guys go and they go to TNA with that name, they're carrying across that name value. So everyone, blanket across the board, if you came in, you had to get given a new name. And, yeah, some of them were bad, like Michael McGillicuddy, as I said, Husky Harris. Um, what was uh, Fandango? It was um, something Bateman. Um, oh, no, it was EC3. Oh, yeah, EC3 had a, a bait. I want to, it's not Jason. Derek Bateman. Bateman. Derek Bateman. Derek yeah, Bateman, yeah. 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 I just all Percy Watson. Percy Watson, yeah. Uh, some of these like uh, were just... So actually, that season two of NXT has some... Mm. Lucky Cannon was the one I was trying to think of. Oh Where's God. he nowadays? Lucky Cannon. Yeah, they... Uh, they, they it, that was a particularly bad time. Like you said, it was a TNA thing. It was also around the t- same time they had a big influx of people because it was NXT, that first series. Uh, Ryback was Skip Sheffield. Skip Sheffield. Yeah. So it's... I I fully understand the concept, and that's WWE not only want to control the, the sort of name value of stuff so someone couldn't make a, a reputation as a Kevin Owens or a Kevin Steen and then go to TNA and then they'd have all that name recognition. So that makes sense. Like, from a business standpoint, I can't argue with that. Uh, and also, it makes it better from... DVDs and the WWE Network and future branding stuff and action figures. WWE now own Daniel Bryan. Daniel mm. Bryan is a WWE creation and name, which means forever they can make stuff that are Daniel Bryan. Bryan Danielson, which is his real name, that's what he'll have to use in 2018 if he does leave and starts a wrestling career elsewhere. So, like, it's, it's so cynical, but it makes so much sense at the same time. Uh, but... Yeah, the the major problem with it is coming up with crappy names like Sami Zayn. But the, isn't but amazing. A, the difference now, though, is that they actually have a say in that. So mm. the way that it works now oh, is that yeah, the yeah. WWE go up to you and say, like, oh, you've just signed this deal. 
we are going to give you a new name so come back to us with a load of names and we'll pick the one that we like mm. so the wrestlers themselves are coming up with the names which i think helps a lot really is why we're why you've seen less naff ones and if you listen to jericho's podcast when he interviews uh, TN, uh former nxt people the story that they usually tell is that they put the name that they like and then put a load of rubbish names that they don't like in order to essentially say like ah they'll ignore all of these mm. and then they'll just peg that and sometimes what they'll do is they'll just say i like this first name and this last name and we'll turn that into your new full name right uh yeah that that uh method of doing one good one mm. and having loads of joke ones beneath is an old dilbert uh cartoon and i'm pretty sure that's how we got great balls of fire <laughs> Uh, earlier this year but say so, I, I i think some of them aren't really that bad like hideo atami works really well yes it means pain doesn't it atami, something like that yeah. yeah and like asuka's a different name she was going as kana when she mm. was uh, oh, in yeah. japan oh, that takes me back. finn balor of course was uh prince, Fergal Devitt, prince yep. Devitt. and actually even um carrie sane has come in she's got a new name as well so like sometimes it just works and what i will say as well is that after a while you just you forget about their previous mm. name like Kevin Owens now that's what I hear I hear Kevin Owens when someone says Kevin Steen that's yeah. when it sounds a bit like oh yeah that's it was, his, it was his other name it also actually works the other way round when uh, Xavier Woods came in his previous name was Consequences Creed which is pretty awful mm. and he had that he had the uh, the Rocky Four gimmick uh, for um, uh, Apollo Creed so that's what he that that was his whole deal. So he came in with Xavier Woods, and I remember thinking like that's rubbish compared to Consequences Creed. But now I look at it, I'm so used to hearing Xavier Woods that now Consequences Creed sounds really weird. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. And like you said about the NXT people being allowed input into their name, I think Finn Balor was one of those. He was like, you know, he wanted it to be tied into Irish mythology. Kevin Owens, rather than Steen, his actual name is because I think his, his son's called Owen. Owen, but. That was named after Owen Hart, I believe. He mm. was one of Kevin's favourite wrestlers. So that's where that came from. Uh, yeah, I remember when Daniel, when Brian Danielson came in and I was just like, what the hell are they doing? Yeah. I'm never going to be able to to see him as anything else other than Daniel uh, Brian Danielson. And a couple of but months you, later. But your, yeah, your yeah, little fluff I... <laughs> there has just shown that we now just well, know exactly, him as Daniel yeah, Bryan. Yeah. Uh, but... Um, yeah, so it, CM Punk really was sort of the last name they let for a while. And there was a huge space. And, and that was only because of Heyman. Mm. And now it's now AJ Styles came in and he mm. sort of he came in with his own name and he paved the way for Samoa Joe being allowed to keep his own name. Carl uh, Anderson, Luke Gallows was Doc Gallows, but he's gone back to his original WWE name. And that's because he was Luke something in... Um... When he was originally, actually, I think it was Luke he Gallows. Was Luke Gallows, Luke Gallows first, yeah, yeah, yeah. When in New Japan, he was Doc Gallows. Gallows. So that's right, yeah. Uh, and yeah, so it's much better than what it was. Yeah, I think from just a, just from a, just from a Google search perspective, and the idea of bringing in outside names, just capitalize on the most name value you can. Uh, I don't know, though. The AJ Styles one's very interesting because the theory around that is that the only reason he was able to, was able to keep AJ Styles is because he wrestled in WCW as AJ hmm. Styles. So they were just like, oh, we can carry over that name recognition that's on the network as AJ Styles and he can carry it over into his, his current one. Yeah, that, where he made his name in that brief stint <laughs> in WCW in, in, in those two months. Or he, yeah, in those two months that he was there. So David McKenzie on Patreon has an interesting question. Mm. It's got both our noggins a whirring. And then once we started with answers, 
the floodgates open. Stop. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this is this is uh, David McKenzie now. So on YouTube the other day, watching wrestling videos as I usually am. Nerd. An internet darlings video from the Q and A that Wrestling with Regret organised during the WrestleMania week last year popped up in the suggestions named unpopular wrestling opinions. The panel, consi- the panel consisted of people like the guys from Going In Raw and Adam Blompier from What Culture and others. Now, a lot of answers were pretty vanilla. However, the Lars and Steve from Going In Raw uh, had an answer which really did draw, drew, drew some heat, which was that they didn't care for Bret Hart's work. It certainly drew heat from me. So after vigorously unfollowing from all social media platforms, I got to wondering if you two fellas had any unpopular opinions about wrestling that go against the popular held opinion. Like I think Shinsuke versus AJ at Wrestle Kingdom was a better match than Kenny versus Okada. Or I prefer Kenta's work over Shinsuke's stuff like that. Would be interested to hear yours if you held any. Now, I'd actually want to go back, but I think I might agree with him with the Shinsuke AJ thing from Wrestle Kingdom. That was a great match. I mean, so they're, good. They're, they're so good. They're, both, they're all really good matches. Uh, I watched Kenny versus Okada more recently. But yeah, God, that Shinsuke AJ match was something else. Um, I, there's a moment that always sticks, which is the bullet moments when he mm. just did that and Shinsuke just grabbed it out of the air and put and just did this over exaggerated chewing. So awesome. I watched, uh, speaking of watching the suggestions in the YouTube uh, sidebars, I clicked on the evolution of Shinsuke Nakamura the other day. Hmm. And someone had just put in a montage of Shinsuke Nakamura walking to the ring in every Wrestle Kingdom he's ever been in. And the first one, he's just walking very like straight and he's sort of just wearing a sort of tank top uh, coat thing. Just walking along, gets into the ring, prays, gets in, and then next year does the same thing, prays. And that goes on for like two, till 2009, 2010, and then he comes out the next year, and he's kind of like he's, he's he's got a bit of a shoulder thing going, and he's he's sort of like just moving his mouth like he's trying to get something out of his teeth, and uh, the next year it's even looser like he's got a bit of a wave going, and then I don't know what happens the year after that he's Shinsuke Nakamura he's like rubbing his chest he's making these weird eye contortions, and then the year after that he's flipping with like loads of strippers and poles you know that famous entrance from yeah, yeah. 2014 maybe so yeah that was a uh, that was I mean I don't think it's an unpopular opinion to think Shinsuke Nakamura in New Japan was considerably better than Nakamura in uh, WWE oh, what, an, what an unpopular opinion that is that's it that's, well when we started trying to come up with some ideas for this uh, I said to you well all my opinions are pretty popular well yeah I mean to be honest like I, I, I was actually having a discussion with someone on Twitter this morning we are recording this on, on Thursday ahead mm. of time because you're going to Paris. Paris tomorrow Friday um, but this is in the past and you're watching in the future or the present. Um, and I was actually having a discussion with someone this morning of recording about how they just were not into Asuka and mm. how they just thought that she was actually a bit, bit something and nothing. Uh, he argued that him and his friends felt that she was being given, her push was akin to Jinder's push on SmackDown, was completely unorganic and just forced, mm. and that she didn't have any charisma, and that her undefeated streak was meaningless because she hasn't beaten anyone of any value in, in NXT. And I just read that and I was like, I mean, that's an unpopular opinion in my books because that, that's just, it's baffling. I, I think to, to say that she has no charisma is utterly preposterous. Mm. But that's me. But I, having said that, when you and I have talked about Asuka on here, 
the consensus online is actually that we're wrong. So maybe that is an unpopular mm. opinion. I don't know. I think that might be us looking at YouTube comments and it feels like because the ones that disagree stick with you far more. Mm. Yeah, perhaps. Because yeah, yeah. if I, I could read uh, hundreds of YouTube comments that say, oh, you're okay at this, Ollie. Well done. Keep at it, son. Yeah. Uh, and one guy would go, I didn't think you said that line right. And that's the one that will stick with me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I did it wrong. When I interviewed uh, Paul W.S. Anderson mm-hmm. uh, on the, about the Resident Evil movies, he told me when he directed Mortal Kombat, New Line sent over all of the reviews for Mortal Kombat, and he, they'd separate them into piles for him, all the positive and all the negative ones. And he said that they were essentially an even split for, for, mm. for Mortal Kombat. He said, and I read through every single one. For the life of me, I cannot tell you what any of the positive ones said, <laughs> but I remember to this day all the negative yeah. ones. And his words were, after that, I stopped reading reviews because all, I'll only ever remember the negative ones. And he got so much better after that, didn't he? he? All of his reviews after that were just nothing but positivity. Uh, that's what, what, what a tragedy. He missed out <laughs> on all those positive reviews. So uh, this has turned into a bit of a uh, therapy session. So let's get back to the question. I've So I started writing a few... Uh, I'm just going to go through them. Maybe I'll dive deeper. But you can see how they get a bit more unpopular as they go along. Yeah. So Roman Reigns is a good wrestler. Well, that was the first one we'd said, was yeah. that we both really like Roman Reigns and I th- and think he's a great wrestler. So, yeah, that is a pr- that's a pretty unpopular opinion. Uh, Vince McMahon is a genius. I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you, you can say what you want about him at the moment. Uh, the fact is he's he's chosen the wrong guy. He's telling a fantastic story. All the things that are bad on Raw or WWE you can have a go at him for but it's not always bad like the headbutt stuff the shield lots of things have happened in WWE just in this last year alone that Vince has signed off on or been a part of Festival of Friendship he's the guy who approved that right Chris Jericho has told that story and even gave some input himself so you get you can you know you have to take that he is a genius at the same time that he's an absolute infuriating buffoon well not only that but like he he took a a a, a sport an operation that was Mm -hmm. very territorial and was like no i'm going to nationalize this and he took a risk and he he has created an incredible touring brand this is a brand that goes to different towns like five days a week goes all around the country Mm -hmm. that just picks up and moves to another city and sets up all year round no off season and you actually I don't think we really give it much thought when we watch Raw and Smackdown but the amount that has to go into putting that show on is incredible by any standards and to do that every single week without fail and without a lot of hiccups really in the actual operation of things things rarely go wrong that takes a lot of that's a lot of management mm. that needs to be done there and that's all him like that he put all that together not the sets individually but he's the man he's the man behind that all and he like he probably micromanages the rest of a massive corporation as well but i don't think that's too unpopular i don't think that's we, unpopular. we've got a we've both got one here that we <laughs> share uh in WWE, Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg might be my match of the year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's been well noted that I loved their Survivor Series uh, match, I suppose you could mm. say, from uh, last year. I just thought it was absolutely wonderful. I think it did a wonders for both men, and I think that their WrestleMania follow-up was just as good. I absolutely loved it. And yeah, I mean, I could watch that match. I mean, it's only like five minutes, so it's quite mm. easy to watch over and over again. But it's awesome. It's great. I think I think the Lesnar Goldberg feud was absolutely awesome. 
it's it's like a, a lot of people are going to be but you just saw the new day and uh usos at hell in a cell we had the shield not the shield uh we had yeah essentially the shield we had death versus the bar last month we had uh aj versus john cena at the start of this year these are the big uh big excellent matches that spring to mind tyler bate pete dunn tyler bate pete dunn but you know just they're all like very good they're exceptionally good uh in-ring matches but there's something that Brock Lesnar and Goldberg, in just terms of overwhelming star power, bring to the match. And like for blockbuster quality, and it delivered, that's that's exceptional to me. And what I'd also say as well is that that eight hour long WrestleMania or whatever it was, I can't tell you specific moments from any other match, really. Above them, you know, the Jeff Hardy ladder spots, maybe from the uh, the, mm. the four-way ladder match. But I can't tell you anything really from the Seth Rollins Triple H match. Stephanie threw a table. Apart, Stephanie threw a table, maybe. Or the, the Roman Undertaker match, apart from the sexy strip. But like that Goldberg-Lesnar match, I could almost... Re- I remember so many different moments from it. It was only five minutes, but it felt like everything was crammed yeah, in. Yeah, loved great. it. Uh, you've got one here. Uh, that's yeah, I was going to say, I might save that one to the end, but okay. I'll, let, I'll let you do yours. So uh, this kind of follows in... From my my love of the Brock Goldberg stuff, celebrities at big shows is a good thing. I don't think that's that unpopular. You know, do you not no. think? I think it's an older. Okay, uh, here's one. I don't that's, think you just think that uh, Jim Cornette doesn't like it. I don't think AJ Styles is the guy to build a company around. Now that is an unpopular opinion because we literally had this conversation yeah, on Wednesday's that's show. That's, that's how that triggered it. Because I, I I think that AJ is a guy you can build a company around. So why do you not? This kind of ties into my next unpopular opinion. I think AJ Styles is, I'm going to say it, phenomenal. And he's really, really good. And he should be in the main event mix, without a doubt. Should he be the guy you build your company around? I mean, not at 40 or whatever he is now. And certainly not, uh, definitely not at 40, I should say. And, you know, back in the day, I... Just, just thought he was a very good, re- like a really, really good wrestler. It wasn't until he start started to align with Ric Flair and he brought out a heel side. Where I was like, oh, he's got a bit of personality. But that was a long time to make that act really good as well. He had to go to New Japan to find that, and by that point, he's old, uh, older, I should say. Uh, so I, yeah, I think he's a solid, solid guy. But really, you should be building it around megastars. You know, rocks, uh, Stone Colds, Cena's. Um, and that's uh, this brings me on to my next point, which is no one deserves the top championship. We've I talked about it before. Completely agree with you on that and one. And that it should, again, it should be reserved for the megastars. You, you, it's not a thing that you just pass around. The Intercontinental title, sure, that's your workhorse belt. Um, not so much these days, and you've got two world championships, so that, that complicates matters. But if, you know, if I had everything the way I wanted it to be, it would be just one championship that would be moved between three, two, three, four big ratings movers, like definitive uh, ratings movers. That's very interesting because I, I think that AJ is someone you can build a come around. The age thing, you're right, does kind of hold against him. However, like he's someone who doesn't feel like age is a as a factor to him. Like you know, Cena's hmm. you know a similar age, and they can they're still building the company around him even on a part time basis. Um and. Yeah, I I, just, I think that AJ's got the chops to be able to do it. The only thing that really holds him back is his, his promo ability. Mm. And he hasn't got... Uh, and when I say that, he is a good promo, but he's not got the promo that can like transcend to another 
uh, to another medium. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like yeah. That, when because I think I'm going to get a lot of angry comments about the AJ thing. I, I'm not like he is. He is a ten in wrestling. He is like a seven in uh, pro. Maybe not even that. I did six or seven in promo. I'm just coming these off the top of my head. And you know, like a seven in character, six or seven. I think really to to build a company around someone, you want the megastar. You need a ten in promo and character. The wrestling's actually the bit you can't lose. A, a, a megastar is someone who can transcend wrestling. Exactly. So, like Hogan, Austin, Rock, Cena, they're people that can go out into mainstream mm-hmm. events and be recognised as being, oh, you're WWE superstar yeah. John Cena. I don't think they have. They have. Man, they haven't really got any guys that could uh, walk into somewhere and be like, oh, you're WWE superstar X. They could have. Like, if they booked people the right oh, way, yeah, but they, they yeah. cut everyone's legs off. Well, I remember when Swerved came onto the WWE Network, mm-hmm. one of the comments that, uh, when the show aired, because, you know, it's the prank show with the guys from Jackass, Jeff Tremaine, and one of the comments I remember on the Wrestling Observer boards was, you know when they do outside pranks, it really does expose the fact that none of these people are stars, mm. because they can literally just walk into shops anywhere, not wearing makeup, not wearing wacky costumes, and just not be recognised by anyone. And that really does expose the fact that the wrestlers are within the bubble, they're stars, but outside they're not. Ashton Kutcher couldn't get away with that. No, he couldn't. He'd be recognised everywhere. Although it's funny, actually, I mean, they're on like season six or whatever it is of Impractical Jokers. And my girlfriend, we were watching an episode last night, and she was like, still amazes me that they can walk around places and not be recognised. But I did say, I guarantee you that they record so many things. Mm. And about 90% of the stuff they record are people going like, oh, you're... You just got to find that one person who doesn't recognize you from the day. Uh, you've got one last unpopular opinion. I have opinion got one, here. and this I think the main event. I think this is an unpopular opinion, and that is that the Attitude Era doesn't hold up, um, particularly under scrutiny. Now, the reason why I I kind of wanted to bring this one up in in this segment is because. You often see it in comments like, oh, I wish the Attitude Era would come back. It was so much better then. Oh, make it TV 14 again. It was better when I was like, yeah, all right. ATV14 wasn't why the Attitude Era was good. Um, but really, if you look at the Attitude Era, which you could argue is, say, 1998, uh, you know, say, end of 1997. I'd say WrestleMania 13. That, that's what some people said, but I yeah. think you can actually, like, the, the, the rise of Austin and some of the, the earlier DX stuff could be attributed. Like, I think, really, the Attitude Era, in inverted commas, began when you did the Brian Pillman gun angle. Mm-hmm. That I think kind of really kickstarts the, and that's also when you get the glass shatter Austin as well, and that's the the real rise of it, of Steve Austin, and then you have the Vince McMahon promo, which I think is like Christmas or like around December '97, when it was like we're going to have a change around here, and that's when he kind of dubbed it the Attitude Era. Um, so yeah, so say 1997 through to 2001, the end of the invasion. Within that that four year period. There's only really a handful of good stuff that that's. I, if you watch an Attitude Era DVD, what's the, what they say? Uh, DX invades WCW. Uh, Austin McMahon and uh, The Rock. Mick Foley winning the title. Mick Foley winning the title. But like, it's like you know, four or five moments, and then there's just a lot of dregs in there. Like, I really love the Austin McMahon stuff, but even that gets watered down when you got the corporate ministry in there, and the the and it there's a few that went a little bit too long. Great as it was. But that's just like that's one moment mm. that's one feud and then you've got the 1999 there's a bit of like when austin went and they didn't really know what to do and so that's a bit of a mess 
But then it kind of, re- I think the Attitude Era really picks up in 2000. That's kind of the, their best year that they had when you had Triple H on top, him feuding with The Rock, and you had uh, the, the retirement of uh, Mick Foley, you had the return of The Undertaker. That, as a year, is great. But like some of that 98, 99, 97 stuff doesn't really hold up under scrutiny. And then you've got the invasion, which is very bad, especially in hindsight. Luke shoots <laughs> on that. Attitude. I just think I think a lot of people look at the attitude with rose-tinted glasses, mm. as I do as well. Because sure. I, it's I look on that era and I'm like, man, yeah, all that stuff was awesome. But if you actually go back and watch it, a lot of it's not that great. We've probably lost everyone now. <laughs> that subscribe button is it's just going to be... drip. Yeah, Luke. Luke hates the attitude era. I knew, knew there's a reason we didn't like him. Still like us, please. Oh, have we made a terrible error picking those questions to answer? We had to. There was a Patreon thing. We have to answer stuff. Ruddy Patreon. Should we start telling Patreon uh, donators that? You you know, it doesn't have to be wrestling. (laughs) The questions could be anything. Ask us anything. What's your favourite? Because Arnie K. Like a Reddit AMA. Yeah, Arnie K. once asked us, who's one of our long-time Patreon donators, what's your favourite holiday? Because he was on holiday at the time and he wanted to know. And that was was quite fun. That's where the... uh, the me getting punched in the face That's story. That's right, yeah. God, that was good, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, that, that was like an Arnie K exclusive and anyone who watched his dedicated video. So, uh, yeah, that's that's just for you. But, um, yeah. How was Paris? Uh, I don't know yet. We've just booked our wine tasting. Mm-hmm. So that's our big gimmick. that we're gonna, That's the main event of the weekend I feel like I dropped you a little bit in it um, this week because it was your anniversary mm. and uh, you got a message from your lady partner asking not like, just a message <laughs> every evening just in my ear <laughs> when are you going to write a nice Facebook post like Luke did for his lady partner <laughs> like, I'm not going to do that because I'm not a sap uh, it's okay. I just I love my girlfriend more than you love yours. I got rid of Facebook on my phone. I, I remember. I actually remember you and I going to the cinema. We went to go see Warcraft at that press screening, and you very proudly told me that you uh, got rid of Twitter and you got rid of Facebook on your phone because you didn't want notifications, and um, you were now you were going through a period where you were only checking stats of a morning and of an evening. You were trying to like remove as much. Um, sort of social media in your daytime. So I removed the notifications on that date. It was only earlier this week that I completely deleted Facebook from my phone. Wow. Yeah, because I just don't use it. You're not a Facebook guy. No, not really. You didn't really use Twitter that much either. Really. No, I. You just you just like people's tweets. They send. Well, that's I think that's the best because I, I I've read them, but I do not have the time to reply. Oh, so d- I hard. hear that hear that <laughs> Swaff Nation. Oliver Davis has no time to engage in your badinage. So. I write a lot of stuff. I have to come up with like thousand, a couple of thousand of words every day, and I can't dilute that by tweeting because then people would be, oh, that's just the joke you made on Twitter. So I'm, I just save everything for the scripts. Okay. That's my excuse, at least. But Paris was good. Yes, <laughs> excellent. It's, it's the end piece of that. Now, oh, actually, should I tell the story? Have I told it about Airbnb? Yeah, I don't think you've told it on this story, on this podcast, no. So we're going, uh, we're using Airbnb, which is a service where you, you're sort of connected with uh, people who have houses that they rent out. So we're staying in a flat in the cool part of Paris, and uh, we're talking to the guy who owns it, you know, over email, like, oh, we collect the keys here, blah, 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 arrange stuff, get this metro line, and uh, I get a message after a while. It says, oh, by the way, I'm pretty sure 
but are you Ollie Davis from WrestleTalk? Now, the funny thing is you told me that, but you didn't tell me what your reply was. I, well, because I only replied a couple of days ago. I didn't really know what to say. It's like, yep, I'm the guy who shouts news at you. <laughs> are you See, a but fan? Now, but I was going to say, but now, like, he's going to all of his friends, like, oh, it's the Ollie Davies. It's coming <laughs> over to my, my flat. I am such a fan of his. Look how cool I am having a celebrity stay. He's going to put that on his Airbnb listing. Maybe he hates me, though. Oh, maybe he is, yeah. Maybe yeah. He hates he's one channel. of those guys that like writes comments yeah. like, Ollie Davies is a smelly fathead. He's always been very nice to me. That's so racist. <laughs> I can't believe you're doing an impression of someone else's accent. Let's say another garlic you round his neck on a bike. So let's do some uh, reviews so I can get out of here. From Trippy16. Hashtag Swaft. Great podcast, always entertaining. Fantasy booking is brilliant and great to listen to too. Even though we know the stuff they come up with will be better than 99%. What WWE do, it doesn't hurt to dream. Great work, guys. Keep it up. Wonder Ollie for Raw GM, Luke for SmackDown GM, and let's have a real brand battle. Cheers, Trippy. Yeah, I, I, I would definitely take SmackDown. There's so much you could do with SmackDown, and you've got you've got an hour less. Yep. Each, each week. I also realised actually from my fantasy booking all this will probably have come up at some points. Uh, there's no Bobby Roode in my um, fantasy booking. Ah. I suddenly realised I'd had no place for him on the card. You could have booked him in a massive singles feud with our truth <laughs> And finally from Chavy D awesome duo i originally started watching you guys on youtube and since being available on itunes i've started using that not that i don't mind watching you also yes definitely worth a listen as i commute from the isle of wight to london daily whoa you guys get me through my tedious commute keep doing what you are doing five thumbs up emojis chevy d that's a hell of a commute the isle of wight for the, for, for the Yanks, for the Americans, that's a long way. That's a and very long water. Yeah, that's a very long way. And I complain because I've got to come like from West London all the way over to East London. Do you own a helicopter, Chavy? <laughs> How are you doing this? That's Can man. Teleport. I actually, I mean, there's a, a friend of mine who uh, commutes from Hastings to London on a daily basis, and I was like, mate, that seems like a long way to go. Wow. Yeah. Although it's weird because actually mm, it takes her. Continuing with the travel chat. Hold on. <laughs> traveling tales, traveling <laughs> tales. Um, it takes her the same amount of time to commute from Hastings to London as it does for me to get from West London to East London. East. How about that? What a crazy world we live in. And what a thing to end on. What a bombshell to end on. We will see you on Wednesday for Raw vs Smackdown. Love you, bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.